This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Big news. I definitely have a psychic on the podcast as my next guest. Meet Karen O'Brien. She's the vice president of global social media for Western Union. Her career story is incredible. From entrepreneur to management consultant to landing at one of the largest global brands around Western Union. She talks about the feeling behind when people send money and how Western Union was able to take that feeling and translate it globally. Want to know how to work as a global brand? You should take a listen right now because Western Union's got it nailed. Here's Karen. Welcome, Karen, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on. And, and your career has just been one that is, a, to me, looks like an amazing story. And so I'd love for you to tell me like, how you got to where you are today. Tell me the story of your career. Well, I'm originally from Canada. And uh, in Canada, I started out, I went to uh, fashion school. I was originally a fashion designer for a few years. I used to design evenings wear and evening wear and children's wear. And I found myself in my fashion career leaning more and more towards marketing. Um, I really had uh, a thing for marketing and I really enjoyed uh, the media and marketing a lot more than I did the fashion design. And I think that that kind of um, catapulted me into a career of marketing where there was a lot of themes that that were really kind of prevalent throughout. After you had invested the time in fashion school and were already that way in your career, was it a scary thing for you to start to evolve or was it um, something that you just felt totally confident, like, let's go, I'm ready to do this? I loved it. I threw myself into marketing every opportunity that I had. Amazing. Um, and I sort of balanced that with working in, you know, every area of fashion, retail, display, merchandising, operations. I kind of did every part of um, fashion that I could do. And the more that I got to work in marketing, the more and more I loved it. So what did you do after that? So then um, I moved to California. I had an opportunity to move to California. And it was during the dot-com boom. And uh, I saw this thing called the internet. <laughs> dating my <laughs> A little thing. Here. Just no big deal. <laughs> And I decided that uh, I wanted to work in the internet because I saw that as being potentially the best marketing tool ever. Um, and I decided to start my own company. Um, it was a time wow. when companies were were sort of opening left and right in San Francisco. And uh, I found myself a technical business partner, and we opened up a startup called Roundpeg that focused on e-commerce and mobile development. And I spent the next couple of years um, building out uh, marketing strategy, digital marketing strategy for probably 80 plus customers. Um, and it really, really gave me a great grounding in digital and all things e-commerce and mobile. 
And so when you were an entrepreneur and you start this business, how did you manage to grow it? Was it that, was it a combination of timing? Did you go out and seek out new clients? Did you have relationships? How did you build that to over 80 clients? So we had, um, we had, um, you know, some really great business development folks and we had a lot of developers. It it was a time that I don't think will ever be repeated. Holy cow. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. We just, I mean, we bootstrapped it and we were very lucky. We had a lot of very large customers, um, like Sun Microsystems and, um, you know, a lot of dot coms that, uh, that are no longer, no of longer, course, uh, of course. But, uh, it sounds like it was know, an amazing time. You get a few slides together and you get a couple million dollars in, in venture capital. So it, it was a fun time to really be um, doing business in San Francisco. And, um, uh, Craigslist was down the street and uh, pets.com was booming along. And uh, yeah, it was it was really a very exciting time to be an entrepreneur in San Francisco. Okay, so then what happened? Business is booming and? So then I decided that um, I I really got a little bit concerned because a lot of our our clients had no revenue. Yes. Um, And (laughs) I wish I could say that I predicted the the dot-com meltdown. I really didn't see that coming, but I I was very concerned that some of our largest customers did not seem to have revenue. And so I decided that I wanted to move into management consulting for a while and really get a grounding in more traditional business and marketing. And so I joined Grant Thornton. Um, and after that, I did a few years of independent consulting, and I moved more into um, working on communities and blogs um, okay. with some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley tech. So I worked with HP and Cisco, Sun Microsystems, Seagate, Microsoft, and really focused on helping those companies to um, make the best use of their their developer communities, their customer communities, their partner communities, and basically blogging and the beginning of what what turned out to be social media. So at this point, you're still working really for yourself. You sounds like you joined a company for uh, a period of time, and then you were still still an entrepreneur in that you were um, doing consulting for all of these large companies. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the the freedom that that offered me because I could work with multiple uh, brands. And I was able to really kind of have a freedom of work-life balance. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason I ask is I see it both ways in the podcast. When I interview these women, I see um, women who worked, you know, more of a traditional career trajectory and then became entrepreneurs. And then I see entrepreneurs who went back into the workforce. And so I'm interested in that, in that sort of transition and getting back into the sort of corporate life. Yeah. And, and I think it's something that all women struggle with in their careers is, you know, that work-life balance and just really being able to grow in your career. It's, it's a difficult balancing act. It is. It is. Okay, so you were consulting, and then? So then I decided that I might want to get some experience on the agency side. Um, oh. You know, through consulting, I worked with dozens of different agencies and, and really enjoyed that experience. So I got the opportunity to join Wonderman Seattle. Ooh. Uh, and there I was a director of social and mobile across their client base. And um, there I got to work with some really great brands. I worked with Microsoft and helped grow out a global command center. And I worked with T-Mobile on their, their rebranding uh, to the Uncarrier. Uh, and some really fantastic um, social campaigns there as well. Incredible. And so as you're doing that, social is becoming at this time when you're there more and more prominent and more and more of a sort of accepted way of communicating a message. Sounds like you were very early rooted into the concept of community um, and blogs and all of this stuff. 
Yeah, and surprisingly rooted in mobile as well throughout. Mm. Early. Um, That's early. Very early. Wow. <laughs> very, very early. And um, I really saw it as, uh, you know, the global device, which, of course, it has turned out to be. But I never imagined that it would be as robust as it is today. Oh, my God, Kara. Um, my new favorite thing is that you, based on this interview, which I love, you predicted the you predicted the dot com bubble, and you predicted that mobile phones would be the single global device of our time, which is so amazing. I am investing in everything you sell for the rest of your life. You are brilliant. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. I couldn't, do, I couldn't live without my phone. That's it. All right. So you knew yeah. mobile. You had expertise yeah. in mobile and social. You are uh, you joined Wonderman. Okay. What's next? So then I got an opportunity to um, work for Western Union. And um, it was this wonderful opportunity to grow a 165-year-old legacy brand, um, build its social marketing from the ground up. They really hadn't done anything. Um, so they had, you know, a couple of um, social pages that they had opened, had a couple hundred thousand followers. But, I mean, they're, they're a global brand with um, they're the largest money transfer company in the world and really had never worked in financial services before. And I, I really think that that gave me somewhat of an advantage. Right. Um, so a little bit about Western Union. So I, I don't know if you've ever, ever used Western Union, but if you want to send money somewhere in the world, pretty much that's what we do. We help you send money across borders. Yeah. Um, and, it, and we're the largest money transfer company in the world. So, you know, 500,000 agent locations. We transact in 130 currencies. We're in 200 countries. And uh, we we reach more than uh, a billion bank accounts worldwide, so it's it's a really kind of large, daunting uh, <laughs> task to take on building social for a company of that magnitude. It's not even just that magnitude; it's that many languages. To have a global sort of strategy must be very, very challenging. Yeah. So uh, what we what we realized very early on couple weeks after I started with the company, I decided to go out and try sending money using all of our, our different Brilliant. ways. And by the way, you can send money in three ways. So it's at retail locations, online at woo.com, or with our mobile app. So I tried okay. out all of our different services. When I was at one of the um, agent locations sending money, I got talking to this woman uh, online, or sorry, next to me in line. And when I told her I worked for Western Union, she started crying and she hugged me. And it turned out that she was there waiting in line to send money back to India because her grandmother had died and she was sending money for the funeral. Mm. And in that moment, I realized that our customers really um, connected emotionally with the brand around the reason why they were sending money. It wasn't usually a sad reason. It it was for many reasons. It was for um, family support, for education, for many, many reasons, building businesses, paying employees around the world, but that emotional connection really became the core of our social strategy. And so how do you communicate that message? Does that message kind of transcend language? How do you get your message out there in a global way? How can you do that? Tell me a little bit about it. So we really have used emotional connection as the basis that transcends language. And um, we we are on uh, 10 global social platforms. Yeah. Um, so that includes... Facebook, Twitter, Google+, um, YouTube, LinkedIn, Vine, Pinterest. We have a blog. We're on WeChat uh, and Instagram. And we found that our customers have really gravitated towards Facebook for the most part. Yeah. We also have some, um, some ethnic communities for our Hispanic customers, for our Filipino customers and Indian customers. 
which have proven to be some of the most engaging. Um, I would imagine. With organic um, engagement numbers that are in the double digits. That's incredible. And so tell me a little bit about how you're measuring the success of what you're putting out there. Are you looking at reach? Are you looking at engagement? What are you doing? Are you looking at actual transactions? How are you looking at what makes something successful? So, I mean, in, in three short years, we built the um, social presence from, from very little to just under 10 million followers and 10 million highly engaged followers. Um, our sharing rate of content is sort of off the charts. A billion people saw our social content last year. Now, those are not unique, um, but it's still a, a huge um, magnitude of, of scale. And um, we do look at social in sort of a holistic way. So we look at it um, for engagement. And from an engagement perspective, um, the goal is really to be top of mind and, and have conversation with our customers between transactions. So our customers transact on average three to five times a year. And social is, is one of the really great ways to be where they are and converse with them um, in a way that, that they want to converse. Um, we also look at social um, from a social care perspective. Um, mm. So we have uh, a team in Mexico City of about 16 community managers and social care specialists um, that serve our customers 24-7, five languages. But right now, um, handling about 50,000 inquiries a month. So, so it's, it's scaling. My favorite part of social really has to do more with the user-generated content that our customers give to us every single day. And we have hundreds of customers that do that every day. And what do you attribute that to? Is it because because Western Union is the connection to their home or to, you know, to people who are they're connected to overseas? Is that do you think that's what does it? Yeah. Do you think you do something to foster it? How does that happen? I think the world and people are becoming increasingly global. Yes. Um, and are moving around the world more than ever. I myself am a citizen of three countries. Wow. Okay. Canada, the U.S. <laughs> and? And Ireland. Nice. And Ireland. So I find that um, a lot of our customers are the same. You know, they're, they're multilingual, multinational. They, um, they think of themselves as global citizens. They don't really think of themselves as, as sort of being one um, uh, from one country. Um, we tend to call our customers or think of them as dual belongers. They're usually from one place and living in another, and their hearts are kind of between two places. And so we really do um, serve up content and, and conversation to them that really sort of um, helps them to express how they're feeling. Um, because many times they're, they're feeling uh, the longer they live abroad, um, the less that they belong in, in either culture. And they're more of a global citizen. I love this. So tell me also about if you were looking at there's so much great stuff I'm hearing from Western Union. I'm loving it. Tell me what would you what would you say is the biggest challenge the brand faces on social? Well, I would say being relevant locally and globally mm -hmm. and, and just really kind of focusing on the things that matter to our customers. I think like every other brand, there's a tendency to want to land marketing um, you know, from around the world in the way that we want it. But the success of our social strategy has really been to listen to our customers and to serve up things that they want to talk about. It's a, a balancing act between the brand, um, you know, hardcore ROI marketing and what the customer wants to, to engage with. 
And Karen, I have one more question for you on the career side. When you when you transitioned over to Western Union, it must have been a, a big culture shift, right? To go to a large corporate, you know, very you know, somebody tried and true, somebody's been around a long time to go from being an entrepreneur to the agency side, which is still very kind of that fast-paced, you know, smaller kind of setting to to a large corporation. Was that a big adjustment for you to make, or was it something that just kind of flowed naturally? You know, it really didn't feel like a huge adjustment because I had always been working in large global companies mm. um, trying to get something going. Um, so either right. I was a, a consultant, um, an agency person, you know, or in this case, just starting up a new area um, in a company. And, and it was always in a large global brand. I think um, the biggest switch for me was really being in a regulated industry. Ah, uh, in yes. Yes. So that took a little getting used to, but I can honestly say that our our legal and compliance folks have become some of the um, the most empowering partners uh, in our social success. So that that helps you tremendously. Absolutely, I love it. Okay, Karen, now tell me this: I need to know. You've worked in the social space for a long time. You are a genius psychic, knowing all of the things that are coming next. I have heard that through this interview. I love it all. Tell me about which network you use personally the most and why? Well, definitely Facebook. Um, I really do love Facebook, but the more I use Instagram, the more I'm loving it too. So it's um, all Facebook companies. <laughs> all yeah, Facebook. I lo- yeah, yeah. I'm definitely playing with Snapchat and yeah. we're thinking about, um, you know, opening a Snapchat presence for Western Union. We're not there yet, but Facebook continues to keep me engaged. Um, Live video is something that we're really experimenting a lot with. And, of course, being more visual. Um, And then they offer a lot of great data um, on which to continue to evolve your social strategy. So, for me, it, it really has been the best social platform for us. Awesome. And because you work in social media, when you get home, do you want to shut it off? Or are you an always on kind of person? You know, I do like to shut it off for a period of time. <laughs> Me too. Um, Me both. But I, but then I find myself, you know, looking at it from a personal point of view. But I do yeah. like to shut the professional piece off yeah. uh, as much as I can when I'm not at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Karen, it was great having you on the show today. Where should they find you if they want to connect? Sure. I'm on Twitter at Bond Jane Bond Amazing. or on Facebook, Karen O'Brien. Bond Jane, Jane Bond is pretty amazing. Where'd you get that name? <laughs> you know, Karen O'Brien was taken, so <laughs> I just, <laughs> early in the day, amazing. I thought, I'll create amazing. an alias that's memorable. <laughs> I, it is memorable. I'll never forget it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Karen, for being on the show. Thank you so much. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.